Welcome to Be Plot Pod Pause, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by. Eh, mostly ignore it. Look at the ones come out on the exact same day. My name's Lincoln, comic out here in London. I'm here with another comic guy here in London. Sam, how you doing, bad guy? Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna quick fire the updates, super quick. We can't dwell on them. We've got too much to talk about. I got scoliosis, mm-hmm. sciatica, and a slip disc. I'm in a lot of pain. I'm waiting to go through mm-hmm. physiotherapy, and I find out when <laughs> tomorrow. Oh my god! All right, from the again, again, a very depressing updates about Sam's body falling apart, <laughs> like death becomes her. <laughs> I just. Legs and stuff falling off, but we are joined by a special guest, someone who's joined us before, the most famous person to ever appear on this goddamn podcast, <laughs> Tim Renkow. Tim, how you doing, my dude? I'm, I'm better than Sam. <laughs> talking to Sam makes me realize what people feel like talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> cannot deny it. You cannot deny it. it. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, uh, Tim, I'm great. I'm uh, I'm just in. I've had a lot of. Uh, I just had too much KFC, so I'm sitting still and sweating. My body not feeling good. However, I tell you what is feeling good is how I'm feeling about goddamn Panic Room. Okay, which is what we are watching today, uh, the David Fincher 2002 film Panic Room, and on the exact goddamn day as Panic Room. Uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, uh, the first movie in the famous Vengeance trilogy, Vengeance trilogy. Which, if I can jump in, is important to say, was not a domestic bomb, but the US release date, which was obviously the same as Panic Room, massive bomb. Of course, of course. Um, but let's start with Panic Room. Let's start with Panic Room, by God. So, just to give you a little heads up, if you haven't seen this joint uh, before... Panic Room, I've got a little uh, right here. So Meg and Sarah, that's Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart, uh, hide in a panic room in their house when intruders, uh, these intruders are played by Forrest Whitaker and uh, Jared Leto in Cornrows, by God, they break in. So unfortunately for them, the intruders want something that is inside the room. This is the panic room. And they will stop at nothing, by God, Forrest Whitaker, just at the, at the side of his eye, no peripheral vision. They will stop at nothing <laughs> to claim what is in this goddamn uh, panic room. Sam, let's kick us off, my dude. Mm. Relationship to Panic Room, have you seen it before? What did you know about Panic Room this, before you picked this film? This is really interesting because I watched Panic Room for the first time a month ago in my life. First time I'd ever seen it in my life a month ago. Um, I thought then... I thought it was meh. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's not great. Enjoyed it a lot more this time until we got to the second film. Okay. Tim, what about you? Oh, I think it was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. (laughs) Just every... I've never seen a movie where... Like, I've seen a movie where every decision the character makes is bad. But in this one, every decision the character makes is kind of unnecessary. Like, why do you say it? Why do you say it's unnecessary though? Why? Why are two people getting a four-story house? <laughs> All right. So your your issue with Panic Room is, of course, the nature of global capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the fact that this is central to the uh, to the kicking off of the of the premise yeah, for this movie it's just, 
Like, why are, you th- why are they in this house? Well, I have a response because I'd like to throw my hat on that point. Because I agreed with you the first time I watched it. I was like, well, this is fucking stupid. Do you know I mean? There's two of you. And honestly, I quite frankly find it a bit rude that you're taking up that much bedroom space. Second time, when you watch it as the... Th- and this is the thing. I didn't really get the theme. When you watch it as this is Jodie Foster learning not to buy four-story houses in the middle of Manhattan and just be a decent person. It's a way better movie. All right, you fucking commies. Get out of here. Lincoln, drop, here. drop those capitalist bombs, Lincoln. God, this communist. This movie is fucking excellent, by God. This movie is a perfect little puzzle box. The reason uh, they have to have a four bedroom four story house she can't fucking do this in a council flat you can't you can't fucking have a panic room and it's just you in a fucking bachelor flat this is why we need a four i thought i thought you guys would understand it i thought you guys would give me this but apparently 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 panic room just an interesting little edgar Allan poe movie it's like fucking class conflict like we can't well we can't do this well well both of these films are actually class conflict yeah to an extent i would say that for the second movie i think panic room is dumber yeah and therefore the, the class conflict is less important um but just to, let's expand let's expand a little bit now i've never seen panic room before i knew i would like it because i like uh these little high concept little things like you're figuring it out and my favorite part i'll start with highlights for me about panic room is i love i love the play setting mm-hmm. i love the first kind of 30 minutes yeah. where they zoom in on all of the various elements to let you know okay these are the pieces that are in play jodie foster's a little bit drunk which is why she doesn't wake up immediately mm. uh, she drops the fucking cell phone on the floor under the bed up oh, there's a little thing for that you know where that is mm. they do a nice little tour of the house and so this is where you are this is what the house looks like there's that beautiful little panning shot through all of the floors that's great that's what i liked uh, most about panic room i think the final third yikes yeah <laughs> uh yikes but uh, that those... but the setting up was fun those walkthrough shots um, and the, uh, this is one thing I, f- I find very interesting on Fincher. Fincher, because obviously a couple of years before this, he's done Fight Club. Very much the same, very much. And weirdly enough, uh, Chanwick Park as well, big fan of like tracking shots through everyday, focusing in on like really mundane everyday objects, uh, giving you that sense of space, like really making sure the audience knows exactly where in the room they are at all, the, all times. Um, and I found that I found that really interesting commonality. But tell me, uh, Tim, get in here. Yeah. You said that this was. You said this movie basically. There's no point to it. No, right. no, no. I said every decision the character makes is an unnecessary one. God, give like, me the most unnecessary one, please. So, cause like the most unnecessary one is it's not her money, like, <laughs> like. You think like they go, okay, they all got left us some stuff here. You'd be like, alright, fine. I'm out. You're in. Cool. Take the shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I got it. I got it. I got the point. Can I tell you what the most unnecessary decision, though? The most unnecessary the CGI. decision. It's never, exp- it's never explained. Why in the fuck does Jared Leto bring the third guy? <laughs> oh man, yes. <laughs> Why? Yes. 
I would have I Sorry, Tim, go ahead. Sorry, that's uh, like it's not even only unnecessary. It's out it's counterproductive. Like he's just lost himself a hundred grand for no reason. But I would actually argue the most unnecessary decision is the cornrows. <laughs> no need for that. <laughs> Dis- wait, wait, disagree. Because, and this is, I wanted to bring this up with both of you, was um, the, the three robbers, that, that's a trope or a cliche thing that they're playing on, right? Yeah. Because Forrest Whitaker is the, the working class guy who's smart with the heart of gold. Yeah. Jared Leto is the privileged cultural appropriator who's just like kind of been cut off and desperate for it. And then the third guy, the guy that he brings along is the chancer who's just just ready to go psycho. Yeah. That It feels like that's a play on like, I don't know, some Shakespeare shit that I don't know the reference for. Um, but also I was thinking, you know, just watching Panic Groom, knowing I'm going to be discussing it with Sam and Tim, I was thinking, you know, if the three of us had to break into a Panic Room, uh, what roles we would have. And I started thinking a little bit about this thing right here. So obviously, obviously, I am going to be Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Disagree. Um, I Disagree. have to. Just, for, racial, for racial reasons, I am Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Sam, Sam is the wild card. Sam is the wild card. And because there's no one else left, Tim has to be Jared Leto. Uh, 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 no. We're going to corner be, his beard. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to his beard. Tim, 100%, is the wild card. I have to, we, we have to get this out of the way. Even if that leaves me with Leto, I'll fight you for Whitaker. But even if that leaves me with Leto, Tim is the guy who came on the job and was like, you know what? I don't think I might get to kill a guy again. This might be the only time. I feel like the problem is also, Sam, on this fucking journey where we're robbing this house, my great fear is that you will not be ambitious enough. And what? While we go for this 20 million in bearer bonds, you just take various items throughout the house <laughs> and say, all right, all right, guys, let's not look a bird in the hand. And then we're off in the fucking stick selling microwaves and, and, a bu- and two bicycles. So that's my great fear. That's why I have to be Whitaker. I, I, no, 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 I feel, my like, fear. Yeah. I feel like Sam would... Um... Sam would, like, try to take shit and then end up hurting himself. <laughs> That's 100% true. That is, is, there's no way. Tim, every time I, every time I chat with Tim, it's always a thing of, like, normally bad things happen to people in threes, but for me, one bad thing happened and it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> but, but I I think, Lincoln, my fear with you would be that you'd start feeling too guilty too quick and be like, ah, you know what? I'm all right. These guys are all right. Let's just call it a night. And you wouldn't be hungry enough for the bearer bonds. That's the thing. You're saying that my uh, my complacency is what's going to kill us. I'm with that, In that case, I would be Jared Leto because I did identify with him when things <laughs> had gone horrifically wrong. He does what you're supposed to do in a movie. That's what any reasonable person would do. like, hey, guys, look, we gave it our best shot. <laughs> we try to rub it this bitch is impossible to stop i don't know she must be under the giant or something she is yeah. so fucking resourceful all right we try to smoke her out i've lost half my face all right i'm good i'm just i can feel one of my fucking cornrows are starting to ping out i'm out of here i'm good control all delete and then your man gets fucking domed 
Mm. His fucking head gets blown off. And then that's how we know. That's why I was like, oh man, this is how you should behave in movies. You do the thing, but then it doesn't work out. Then you should be able to go out. But guys, loads of other things happen. Love, in, um, loads of other I, things happen in Panic Room. Can I just say, I oh, love yeah. the idea. I love the idea of lightly gassing an airtight. <laughs> <laughs> We're only gonna put a little gas in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for anyone listening, that is once they realise they can't get in, they jack into the heating and put gas in. And this was the one thing. This was the one thing. I feel like this film is going quite hard for the not yeah. realism, but do you know what I mean? Like it's grounded enough to stay. Do you know what I mean? It's going for that kind of grittiness. Yeah. And I was like, there's just way too much gas in here. The, the other kind of variable in this, there's two other variables, one being uh, Jodie Foster's uh, ex-husband and uh, also uh, at the be- her daughter, Kristen Stewart, who has one of the most vaguely defined medical conditions. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if she has diabetes or whatever yeah, the opposite she, is of diabetes. She has diabetes. Yeah, but then when you have diabetes, do they? if you have low blood sugar, do you inject insulin or do you like... I don't think that's how it works. Whoa, 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 Mr. Doctor. Do you know what I mean? It's I'm just asking. Movie. No, I don't know. I actually don't I know. I have no idea. Because, like, I don't... I'm, look, again, I'm not a fucking medical professional, by God. Um, but I do think if your blood sugar drops, you're not supposed to inject the thing that's supposed to make your blood sugar... Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I don't know. I do also have to sideways in. when I was When I was in hospital for all these back issues, they falsely misdiagnosed me with diabetes. And I had just watched Panic Room for the first time. So I was like, oh, great. Now this is my life. Wait, did they diagnose you with diabetes like on site? Like they just, someone yeah. just looked at you and was like, oh, that's 100% diabetes. Someone get, get the needle in here. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I went out. They were like, they, they kept me there for eight hours. I went out for a, a, a sandwich. I was so hungry. I was like, can I just go for a, like a sandwich? I got a sandwich and a Kit Kat. And the... Uh, the nurse was like, what did you eat? And I was like, sandwich and a Kit Kat. She was like, you shouldn't be eating Kit Kat. You're diabetic. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so Tim, um, being the most famous person on, on B-Plot, um, would you say that your panic room resembles yeah, anything, <laughs> anything um, like this? It's definitely, yeah. I made sure... There's a very easy access to the oxygen. <laughs> in case anyone wants to put in gas, I said there's a hole going straight outside. Because, <laughs> so, like, that guy was my fav- second favorite character. My first favorite character was the lady in the beginning that just keeps yelling at Christian Stewart for no reason. And then she doesn't appear ever again. And it's like, why is this random stranger allowed to yell at a child? (laughs) And how is Jodie Foster so cool with it the whole time when she's like, hey, kid, no scooter. Shut the fuck up or I'll kill you. And Jodie Foster's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a viewing. (laughs) This is how realtors behave. Like... The thing that kind of lost me in the third act is when Jodie Foster intercoms inside the room. Okay. And it's like, why didn't Force Whitaker, you know, like, 
if he puts these things in. Because he did things I love. Like, one of my favorite things is when the movie is stupid and then the characters say the plan is stupid. Like, it dissolves the screenwriter from coming up with a stupid plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's a plot, oh, dude. Uh, and there is, there is that one. It was one little bit, and it, uh, it kind of works for me almost, but it just doesn't cross the line. <laughs> is when, when the when the two uh, robbers are in the panic room, and Jodie Foster's outside, and she knocks out all the cameras. Yeah. And one of the guys looks at the cameras, and goes, "Why didn't we yeah, do that?" Yeah, and it's that's... like, yeah, that's number one on the docket <laughs> straight away. She's figuring out, and the it just I, I can see them missing it at first but then there's that sequence where obviously she sprints out to get the phone and they realize what she's done and i'm like that's where you do it that's where you go hang on we've got because she knows exactly what we're doing all the fucking time i realized i realized something about david fincher i have the literal love-hate definition of a relationship with this guy as a filmmaker i'm just gonna take you through his like original films as in that that weren't based on existing ips because obviously he did alien 3 and the girl with the dragon tattoo but first film seven love it right then he does the game hate it, it right? oh really i hate i hate that movie so much okay. and then he does okay. fight club love it right then he does panic room which the first time i saw it, i was like nah and then, you know now i'm like oh, it's fun there's some fun yeah. in there it's just fucking stupid okay uh, then he does zodiac loved it thought it was great mm. and then he does uh, the curious case of benjamin button hated it what's he doing what's um, he doing then and then he then he does the the social network and the girl with the dragon tattoo. I'm not counting the social network because that's I feel like that is more Aaron Sorkin's movie and I, I just don't dig it. But then he does Gone Girl and I love it. And then after that, Mank, which we obviously did for this podcast, and I and, hate we, it. and we hate it and we hated that. Yeah. So what do you take? What do you what do you take from this set? I feel like uh, David Fincher is the Nintendo of filmmakers in that it's like. The uh, the NES does pretty good. The SNES kills, right? Then the N64 is like a, a great machine, but it doesn't do that financially well. No, no, sorry. The N64 does great. GameCube bombs. Wii does great. Wii U bombs. Switch does great. Whatever they come out with next is going to be the inverse. So I think Finch is going to come out with the best film of his career next. And Nintendo are going to have a terrible next generation of consoles. Man, this is this is you at your absolute nerdiest. Yeah. <laughs> just naming game <laughs> Nintendo consoles. This is chronologically. Why, this, is why, <laughs> this is why, Lincoln. Yeah, this is why happening? I wouldn't take you on a burglary with me because you're. Dude, like, I need to know how, when I'm spending. Money. How are you? How are you the one? You fucking know all of the fucking Nintendo chrono- chronology. Exactly. How can I take you on this on this burglary with me on a life because of crime? I know which one's gonna be. Valuable in ten years. Do you know what I mean? How does this help us on this burglary now? We try oh, to kill this bitch in the panic room. You're always just on the bearer bonds, but there's so much cash to be found around the house if you. Take this is what I said. This is what I said. We can't take you on this goddamn burglary because you're gonna get distracted as we're fucking trying to rob these people. Sam's like, "Oh, do you want to quickly knock out a game on the Xbox?" I'm like, "No, Sam. <laughs> no, not knock it out. Like, keep it in the box. It's that just made me think of this, which is, um, <laughs> I hate being on Sam's side, but if they had just moved in 
So everything they owned was in boxes? So like easy to take. could not have been easier <laughs> to steal all this stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And if that had been a family, if, if these robbers don't know who's moved in, right? Yeah. If that had been a family that had moved in with the appropriate wealth to live there, if it had been the husband, I bet what's in the boxes in that house would be worth the same as the fucking bearer bonds. I reckon that person has 22 mil worth of our fine art in their house. Chicken shit stuff, guys. Chicken shit stuff. <laughs> but I actually, you know what? I don't know how to move on to the next movie, so I'm just going to do it. All right? I'm just going to say. So the movie that came out on the same day um, as Panic Room is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Uh, Park Chan-wook's, um, the first part of his Vengeance trilogy, the second one being Old Boy, and the third movie being um, Lady Vengeance. Lady Vengeance. So... Uh, just briefly, the story is um, a deaf-mute Ryu Hadouken uh, has just been fired from his job in Seoul, in Seoul, South Korea. And um, his sister is suffering from kidney trouble and she needs to transplant that Ryu Hadouken himself can't provide. Uh, so Ryu and his girlfriend, um, who's this kind of uh, anarchist, communist uh, type, um, they kidnap the daughter of a wealthy tycoon to raise the money, but in uh, but then unexpected disaster strikes, and uh, Park, the father of whose daughter was kidnapped and also dies, spoiler, launches a bloody quest for revenge that leaves many dead and put Ryu's life in danger. Now, Sam, you chose you chose this joint. Why did you choose this joint for uh, the same damn day? Well, uh, that's not entirely true. Tim chose this joint. I found. Mm. Panic Room came out on the same day and I was dying to rewatch this film because I haven't seen it for over 10 years. All right. Okay, so Tim, uh, kick us off. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to watch this because I'm, I'm really going to the trilogy in reverse order for some reason. So this is the one I hadn't seen yet. And... Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I saw it when I was about 14, and I thought I was getting, I thought I was getting the host, and my mom picked up the wrong movie from the video window store. <laughs> and it was much more disturbing than I wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. But, like, it stuck with me so hard. Like, to this day, I am terrified of anything happening to my Achilles tendons. <laughs> Word. I mean, that's just the future for Sam. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> so, you both. I want <laughs> unedited. I want this to go out unedited. Hold these men accountable for my death. <laughs> Sam's a killer snapping as we speak. As we speak. <laughs> um, uh, that reminds me of another story, Tim. Like I, I remember I had a homie who watched, he wanted to watch Pineapple Express and then he just got confused and he watched uh, Clockwork Orange by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> took him too long. It was, took him too long. Um, Sam, you love this joint as well. I know, I can tell. Yeah, of course. I'm like vibrating with him. I just wa- I just finished watching it. It's I do do I always remembered it because I saw Old Boy was the first one I saw, obviously, and then found this one, 
watch this one next and then Lady Vengeance afterwards. So where this before from like sat in the middle where I was going, I I always felt like this was a film of like, oh, this is him, this is Park Chan Wook getting good. This is like one of it's like a, it's an amazing film, but it's like you can see like the the pieces building. But watching it this time, I was like, nah, it's just straight up a fucking masterpiece. Like start to finish, ah, dude, not I a wasted second. You. I can't agree with you. Really? Yeah, I think this is one where I think the seams show more than they should. If Old Boy is like the culmination, maybe if I'd watched it in in the chrono- chronological order and like it, it it escalated, but there's something there's something missing for me here with this guy. I don't know if it I don't know what it is. I think it's like I can see the is that I think the 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 things that I like about and you know this is difficult to say because when it comes to Korean movies, I compare them to other Korean movies. Unlike when if you watch a thriller. You compare it to other thrillers. Yeah, well, let's but, compare it to other thrillers for the start. <laughs> for the start. Um, I think, yeah, I think the, the some of the plotting didn't quite work for me. Um, just the, the symmetry of like him happening to be in the place where he finds the the rock where the girl happens to be. Some no, of dude, that he doesn't, it's, not, it's, it's yeah. not a coincidence. He, go, he specifically goes there because the guy, the guy paints, with cerebral palsy sends him, the he paints the postcard and sends oh, it okay. to the radio station and he knows exactly where that is further up the river from where they found the body. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I will say the one thing is, because I watched this with my partner who watched it for the first time a couple years ago. So it was like a lot fresher in her head as well. And there were a couple of bits where I was like doing something and I'd be like, wait, what was that? And there, there is not like a beat or of coincidence. There is nothing. There is no like, hey, why didn't we think of destroying the cameras? That like, there's none of that here. Everything does have its seed in the beginning. Because I, I, I watched it on Amazon and I was... I mean, I love this movie, but I was very unhappy with the subtitling. Because they, they didn't subtitle any of the letters. And, like, those are, like, super, like... I'm lucky because I remembered what, like, basically what they said when the sister kills herself because she found out the plan. It didn't say it in, like, there was no way to know it in the Virgin Islands. So. Um, Sam, you wouldn't even say that the situation where the, where he's in the, where he's in the room where the guy was with his sister and then the guys next door who were just jerking off onto each other's backs. Oh, um, like, uh, and they the happened to thing. hear the radio. Like that didn't feel well, a bit cute to you. Okay. There's two. So two things about that. Yeah, it does feel a bit cute, but the, where I think that is actually one of the best bits of structural writing in this movie is going this, you, you haven't wasted anything. Cause these four guys jerking off in the room next to each other, uh, them the whole point is they're they're masturbating to what they think are the sister's moans of pleasure when it's her having a nightmare time of dialysis and not knowing what's going on that whole that whole thing is just there to set up well it's not just that's the beauty of it it's not just there but one of the things it does is set up how thin these walls are when you're fucking poor you live in rooms next to each other i mean the guy the place i just moved from i could hear every single thing the guy yelled at his mum every night do you know what i mean it's like that that for me actually like grounded it and pulled it in and then, and then the fact that they're listening to it on the radio it's either if you think about it from a writing perspective it's either you have that which then makes sense builds the world 
and creates a kind of like organic story or you just have him listening to the radio do you know what i mean like this information's on the radio so it, he's gonna he he's gonna get it eventually this is a high profile like kidnapping case all i'm saying is i found that like i f- i feel like i could see the you like you could see the seams um a little bit with that and i do think there's <laughs> other of this type of movies that i that i think also sorry uh, tim like thematically as well especially with the class conflict because like that's what makes and i'm comparing this to other korean movies now in general this is what makes those movies so good for me is that those things are very kind of seamless and the plot and the themes and all of that shit just is like boom it's just one thing and you can't extricate it i just think for me this one um the kind of the plotting took over from the theme for a bit which then disappeared for a long period of time so let me just turn on the light tim but go ahead i almost agreed with what lincoln said and then Watching it, I realized halfway through it's kind of actually two movies that go with each other because it's like, because it's all about obviously revenge and how how futile it is. And you could make this movie like Taken and all from the dad's point of view but they didn't do it is what I really like is um they showed like it's interesting to um like the guy did a really really bad thing but it's interesting to know why which I feel like is I do agree with Lincoln and that it's not as tight as old boy, but it's that's really was really cool to me watching back where it's like no a revenge story is not just the person seeking revenge story. It's everyone's story. Yeah. And that's, I think that, and I think, but I think going back, that's what I like about it. So yeah, yeah. it's not as tight as Old Boy, but Old Boy isn't as tight as Lady Vengeance, but it is possibly yeah. a better movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe, but the it's that thing of, I mean, who is Mr. Right, they're both Mr. Vengeance, right? Yeah. Both of them. And we're sympathising with both of them. And they're sympathising with all, each other. We are all the walking dead. Right? <laughs> we are, though. But, but we are the walking dead. But that's why that shit hits for me. Because I'm like, if you don't have... The, the like the way the, what that scene tells me what the first one of them all like jerking off tells me is like what... I mean, obviously, it's a joke as well. Do you know what I mean? You get a laugh out of me. But you also... It, like um expose the situation that these guys are living in like fucking poverty in a council estate where four like teenage dudes are just jerking off to this guy's dying sister do you know what i mean i'm like <laughs> yeah you know what that makes that makes me sympathize with you well done on the theme and for me that holds the theme more than it does the plot it's a perfect storm I guess we are all Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we all 
joking off. We're All right, guys, and that's the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's highlights, lowlights. Um, highlights, uh, highlights for you, Tim. Lowlights for you. So, like, highlights was um, I mean, the acting is unbelievable, and um, the shot, like. So you mentioned it earlier, which is um, the shot uh, construct similarities between these movies, but I like this one so much better just because it's like, it like you see the room, but it also just let the actors act, which I, I thought like the shot composition was. My favorite part of the movie. It's insane. Yeah. It's truly insane. It is. Yeah, that I that I have no gripes with. I agree. Just like whether it's something as simple as the first time that he's gonna go and get his um get his kidney removed, and the way they go up the stairs, if, uh, and you just see the the way that it's framed, and that's a, that's the thing with Korean cinema. At least the parts that I see. Yeah. Is that just like the visual language so that they use? Good. So good, so original, unlike anything else. Yeah. So that's the in low lights. I think I agree with you. Just some of the plotting is weird. I I had there was like I didn't realize he lost his job. Really. Uh, I might have just mixed, missed that, but I'm because I'm bad at subtitles. Uh, but like, yeah, there were just some jump story wise that I mean, my low lights are higher than ninety nine percent of other movies' highlights. You know, Lincoln, what about highlights and lowlights for you? Highlights definitely the um. Definitely the way it looks. Um, also, I really, and this is really silly, but because of like the high stakes and how everything involved, I found the policeman really funny. Mm-hmm. I find I find the three policemen investigating it just to be like, ah, so what do you think? You know, I don't know, dude. What do you think? Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's just like little beats after like a big suicide. Yeah. Three of them just like, yikes. Uh, <laughs> so how about that? Eh? I don't know. Yikes. Like, that kind of stuff is, that kind of stuff is funny for me. Um, and like I said, I think the plot, even, even to the extent that I knew when she said that she belongs to a terrorist organization and they, and the police officer said she's the only one. I knew that wasn't true because the movie spends too long, um, Expl- like kind of with her and explaining her and that's like her 50 to 70 percent of her character is the fact that she's this kind of anarchist communist so i knew that ending was coming um but other than that you know i didn't really have any other other massive complaints it's mostly positive I only the only reason i have negative things to say is because we are talking about it yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah, half an yeah. hour, and and you but, know, uh, and you know where I'm coming in from. This. Oh, 100%. You, you're like Sam's not going to say 100%. anything fucking bad about this movie. So hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I knew, I knew the day would come. I knew, I knew the day would come that you was like, first of all, this is the best movie I've ever seen. This the movie's got the hardest fucking sound editing, the best art direction, the best key grip, the best <laughs> gaffer, like, best best boy. <laughs> 
Best, best boy. <laughs> Greatest boy. <laughs> King of the boys. Um, I, I was... I, I feel like... I, I, I know what you're talking about with the um, guys at the end, but I, I wonder if I'm kind of missing something culturally by, like what she stands for specifically in South Korea. Yeah, because she's a, like a proper liberal, but then she's talking about this new form of liberalism that's taking over, and you're like, we don't know what that is. But because yeah. there's also that part where they're like, oh, yeah, she tried to make it to North Korea. That is potentially something I don't get the cultural, you know. Um, no, guys, unless you have anything else to say, do you guys want to move on to categories? Mm, I did want to give my highlights and lowlights, if that's all right. Go ahead. Go no ahead. lowlights, two highlights. I just think... <laughs> <laughs> I, there is a shot in this movie that I've remembered since I was like a, a teenager. And it's the reason I want to do... It's the reason I, it's, I wanted at a point to like make films. Was, you know, when... Uh, the the ghost of the daughter appears to the father there's there's this moment where he crouches down he goes to pick her up and hugs her and the shot the shots change to just his back and her legs wrapping around his back and then just to his feet and just the pressure of his feet lifting slightly off the ground as he like fully stands up with her and i was like that's how you make a fucking movie right that's the intimacy it's like the pressure and the weight of carrying your child that you will go through told through feet Fuck mm. you, you completed movies. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing needed to come out after 2003. Also, that, <laughs> that line, why didn't you teach me how to swim? In it. Like, that's mm. what he's upset about. It's also like the weight of his grief, yeah. All right. Categories. So, we also have categories on this podcast. Like the first two segments aren't enough for you. You're like, nah, dude, you guys got to switch it up. That's why we're coming for more tune for your head, chop. That's why we're coming for this goddamn categories. Now, usually the first categories on this uh, Godforsaken podcast is the instant cancellation. That's something that is eh, kind of okay in 2003, 2002. But in 2021, it's on site. You're getting deplatformed. Sam, can you kick us off with an instant cancellation between these two movies? Oh yeah, my <laughs> my instant cancellation is the last scene of Panic Room, which is uh, Kristen Stewart. Oh, is that yours? Yes. Oh, you Tim. go uh, go go. Is uh, that it's yeah? Kristen Stewart sitting on Jodie Foster's lap as they look through housing adverts in the newspaper, and there's this moment where she says, uh, "Oh yeah, they're talking." She like Kristen um, Jodie Foster finds a place and is like, "Oh, this sounds nice. Four bedroom, blah blah blah." And then one of them goes, "Do we really need all that space?" She's like, "Hmm." And I'm like, "Fuck you for that being how far you've been humbled." No, you know what? If you can afford the space, go fucking take it. Make room for the rest of us to start climbing the housing ladder. You pieces of shit. Forrest Whitaker is doing hard time for something that barely was a crime and saving your <laughs> barely, life. Barely was a crime. Bro, B&E &E shouldn't be a crime. There are two crimes, right? Like, murder Break, and sexual breaking, assault. <laughs> breaking a literary. <laughs> Home invasion. 
Yeah, but All right, like, come on, Mister Misdemeanor. I'm sorry, I gotta, but, you know, I gotta pay that ticket. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let, me, me. <laughs> let me put it to you this way: you've got three home invasions, right? There's one guy who's coming to kill you. There's one guy who's coming to rob you. There's one guy who's coming to just get a little something you don't even know is there and kill the guy trying to kill you. Who's the like? Are you the good guy? All right, uh, Sam, with very, very moral twisted moral complexity then i don't think frankly we have the capacity on this podcast to unpack I don't think we, <laughs> and neither I don't do think live we, comedy shows <laughs> I, don't think we, I don't think we do tim if you have to come up with an instant cancellation for god's sake <laughs> what would it be this, if this is too close you can do one and i can think of another for my mine was the houses they were looking at is gentrifying the area. I could be wrong, but I think they're like Harlem is where they're looking and it's gentrifying. I think the way it works, if you get there first, is not gentrifying. I think you just, I think, you, I think it's only gentrifying if you show up after there's like a Dairy Queen or something. I think it's only... That's <laughs> no, how it works. No, no, I don't, I don't think know. you understand gentrification. Lincoln. I think that's how it works, right? <laughs> no, no, if no. If you the get Dairy there Queen... first, you're just part of the community. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Dairy Queen, the Dairy Queen is the is the end of the first paragraph. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, all right. All but right. also, Fair I enough. could Fair be enough. wrong. That's a big memory. Because honestly, um, sympathy for Mister Vinny was so good. I completely <laughs> forgot everything about. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what about sympathy for Mr. Vinches. I have a little instant cancel. I have a little instant cancellation. Is there is a scene where, and obviously this is just how they play and it's all cultural and whatever, but when he's playing with the little girl, when she's watching cartoons, yes. I feel like he sneaks a peek under the, he sneaks a peek under the skirt. Yeah. What? I don't remember that. I noticed And that. I thought that was a, yeah, that was that, a bit, you were too, yeah, rose-tinted glasses, you were too in love with the movie to even see a blatant <laughs> instant cancellation yeah, 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 right yeah. in front of you. Yeah, there's a scene where he peeks and it's like, I guess the way that it's treated is not treated that it's like gross at all um, or anything. It's, I guess this is like how they play. But I was like, yikes. Because I, I, I think he was just kind of grabbing and accidentally caught her skirt with his finger. Like, just like going for tickle. But yeah, I know. Right. What? You, what you're saying sounds worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying sounds no, worse than what I said. He was like fighting her over the remote. And I thought he was yeah, just yeah. grabbing for the remote. My instant cancel for sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is this conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, weirdly woke. So if you had to pick a weirdly woke moment between these two movies, um, that's something that for the time, yeah, quite progressive. Tim, what do you have for us? Oh, I got one. The police not just shooting for his wedding Facts. Mm. Facts. But one of them does say and I, I d forgot to write this down, but I've remembered that you say it. As he is turning to face them with his hands up, one of them does say, don't move or I will fucking kill you. And I was like, that was another contender for my weirdly woke. But yeah, because the police will do that. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, and Forrest Whitaker does look like someone um, who the police will 100% shoot. Um, I would say the weirdly woke moment is uh, actually Jared Leto having uh very nice cornrows 
because I have now come full circle on it, by God. It was was cultural appropriation. Uh, and now we've been going for so long that I'm like, actually, fair play to you. You know, can I tell you why this is? Can I tell you why this is? Yeah. Don't laugh at me. Don't <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> Don't, stop it. It's because uh, I'm growing up my head, dear listeners. Um, I'm going to try and do something with it. Um, and I found out that to actually cornrow and do dread some, takes something like five hours of your time. So I think if you are willing to sit in a Jamaican barbershop and get your hair braided <laughs> for five hours, I think you should be allowed to wear those goddamn cornrows. That's what I said. <laughs> I think you've gone off the fucking deep end, mate. I said what I said. I said what I said, Sam. <laughs> Um, um, all right, so oh, next category. I've got weirdly woke. Oh, sorry. I was piggybacking on Tim's, but my real one mm. was the uh, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance was uh, she calls she calls them a terrorist organization. And mm. I was like, you know what? Respect to you for being like, we're anti-capitalists and we're going to we're going to steer into the terrorist thing. We're going to use terror. <laughs> yes. Love it. That is actually quite funny. Most terrorist organizations don't refer to themselves <laughs> as terrorists. <laughs> yeah. Because my, my other one was letting a woman front a terrorist organization. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, let's have uh, let's have women also murder people indiscriminately. That is real, real <laughs> progress, by God. You heard it here first. On B plot podcast. The next, uh, the next category that we have is Freaky Friday. If you have to switch characters between Panic Room and um, and Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. So I, I would um again um I would switch the three guys jacking off with Kirsten Stewart. <laughs> So when <laughs> So when they finally do make it into the panic group, everyone's like, oh, no. <laughs> so like Oh man, there's no being that. <laughs> oh my god oh god do you want to move on to the next one yeah, straight, want up, to throw straight, yeah, straight out all right yeah, 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 next yeah. one I got um <laughs> so sequel gen- uh, uh, genre bender genre bender if you had to actually switch this to a different genre sympathy for mr vengeance or um panic room if you could bend it 10 degrees to make it a different genre what would you do sam uh i'm a i'm a bend panic room into uh, the romantic thriller that it should be, which is really about Jodie Foster and Forrest Whitaker hooking up. That's what I actually thought it was gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there. How does man. this? How does it play out? It's uh, uh, the point. Okay, the point where Kristen Stewart is trapped in the panic room with Forrest Whitaker, and he gives her the insulin shot. Yeah. Uh, Jodie Foster's like, this guy's all right, you know, and Forrest Whitaker's like. I know I'm doing this for my family, but they've always been kind of mean to me, which is why I'm knocking off this fucking panic room that I helped design. I must be somewhat successful if I'm like a mm. engineer designer who could build this thing. And he's like, 
I think Jodie Foster appreciates a man like that in this universe. Dream Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they, they they go, they take the 22 million bearer bonds and they both jump over the back fence, leaving Kristen Stewart with the dad to then become me. Oh my God. It's the Sam, it's the Sam Golan origin story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the birth of a supervillain. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to the final one. Sequel generator. If you had to generate a sequel. Uh, for either sympathy for Mr. Vengeance or Panic Room, uh, where would it be? I'll go first. Panic Room Two, the return of the Panic Room. Is <laughs> um, I would add um, a bigger Panic Room, add, <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's how we get around. This week, just bigger Panic Room. We make the entire house a Panic Room. Okay, <laughs> make it impossible to get in, <laughs> and uh, go from there. I, I, it's because I have a similar idea which is a safe room where the sequel is everything is safe apart from this one room. So you have to go into like a, you know, a six foot by six foot room and everybody has to just continually battle to the death. It's almost like the purge, but localized. Localized purges. That's what Sam's about. We also, you know, have you guys ever been watching anything? Um, Tell me if you've been watching anything you want to recommend. (sighs) I've been watching Lovecraft Country, which I oh, highly really? recommend. Yeah. You do? Yeah. And I'm not a fan of Lovecraft. <laughs> and neither were the creators of that show. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like the Lovecraft thing gets thrown around a lot. Someone's like, oh, it's Lovecraftian. And then I'm like, oh, you've just convinced me to not watch yeah, it. Yeah, like, I agree with you. Because, like, I just feel like... <laughs> If the monster is a universal god, why should I even be scared? Mm-hmm. Like, I well, have it, no chance. Interesting, interesting. And actually, I think I spoke to you about this last time I saw you, Tim. But the, uh, the interesting thing about, like, the Lovecraftian gets thrown around because it always means, like, these grotesque monsters, right? It's like a style of monster that I was doing a bit of research, yes, on a video game, shut up, right? That was that uses these like really grotesque angels and like angelic figures, all of those designs, all of like the Cthulhu shit, that's how the angels in the Bible originally looked before they were Eurocized. So that's all. So when we say Lovecraftian, what we mean is like OG Christian. OG Christian, indeed. Sam, what have you been uh, watching uh, besides uh, video game angels? A dude. Uh, I went to the theater to go see uh, Escape Room 2 Tournament of Champions. Look at you! It Look fucking you. bangs, man. It's great. I love that the first Escape it's Room is so one of fun. It's one of the dumbest fucking movies <laughs> I have seen in my entire fucking life. Yes. However, did enjoy it. Uh, this is this is what I want to say about uh, Escape Room 2, which I almost just called Panic Room 2, but uh, it it jumps the shark in exactly the right way. Mm-hmm. Where you go on, and I'm like, I can sit down. I think I'm happy for this to be the franchise that I go see every couple of years. <laughs> this, you're it's, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yes, the escape room. It's this. It's it's better. Than, it's like it where Saw One was quite a good film, and then it just immediately falls off and becomes rampant. This goes Escape Room One and Two are like the Cube, but they keep the quality going. Where they're like, yeah, it's okay. just exactly the same. 
like pitch, but we heighten it the right. Loved it. So, ah, oh, fair play, what fair play. Percentage of movies you watch are about rooms. All of them. <laughs> Every single movie. The room, I... Marvin's room, <laughs> room with a view. There's no room in this room. I will never watch Into the Wild. I've never seen it. I'll never watch it. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did watch recently. I went to, I also went to the theater. I watched another round. Um, it's Mads Mikkelsen plays a Danish teacher and they basically figure out that like you have to be a little bit drunk in order to like function at a high level. Like humans only function at a certain level, like 0.05. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to like fulfill your true potential, you have to function at like 0.06 of an alcohol level. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, it's one of, you know what I liked about it? You know what I liked about it is it's really good because it's always fun to watch people be drunk. And two, it's one of those classic um, artsy movies where you leave the theater and you go, I don't really know what the point of that was. Yeah. How, however, I did have a good time. <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy my evening out. Okay. What it sounds like, though, when you describe it like that is it sounds like Limitless, but somebody's got to just have a vodka, mate. And that's the whole film. Yeah, it actually does have a little bit of limitless in it. In that, like, oh, my life is shit. Oh, I need to drink a little bit more. Obviously, <laughs> there's all sorts of other stuff involved. It's middle-class Danish people in houses that would just fucking infuriate Sam. Like, <laughs> take it to an absolute limit for the amount of any sympathy that Sam can have for these characters who have very comfortable lives. Sam would yeah, be yeah, furious. Yeah. However, it is good. Um, it's got like a fun Danish sensibility. Very funny. Uh, and uh, yeah, I said the same thing. I have no idea really what the point was, but uh, I did feel uh, I did feel some emotions. Um, but actually, Tim, yeah, you, you had to plug something. Oh, yeah. New, uh, I, uh, season like, two, season three is coming out soon. Two, my coming out. Oh, Tim, can you start? Can you start uh, it again? Because I think I I wanted to have it clean. God damn it! Ah! I got <laughs> Please leave that in. <laughs> Please leave that in. Please leave this in. <laughs> Don't actually let me plug anything, just cut it. As soon as I start talking about the thing. Um I um uh, my 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 show jerk comes out season two. On August 1st, I think. And where can we watch it? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you can watch it on BBC. I am not good at this fuck at all. <laughs> oh, no, it comes out on BBC 3. Where all the cool kids are. Awesome. Awesome. Check it out, man. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And, um, yeah, shout outs, shout outs to Tim. Just. I don't know. I don't know why you're self-sabotaging. On I don't. The, I don't know either. On, on the smallest of platforms, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah. this is but gonna be you, my instant cancel. <laughs> 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 All right, Sam. Anything else, my dude? Oh no. I mean, yeah. Watch season two of Jerk Tim's show and catch up on season one to see some of my drawings. That's the only oh, thing yeah. I ever plug on this podcast. Yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah. Um, for uh. F- did we do the competition thing? We did. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. Right. The competition is ongoing. So remember, guys, send in if you send in a review rating on Apple Podcasts and you send a screenshot to me or Sam, 
Sam will draw you um, like uh, and some nice artwork like he did for our for our episode artwork, uh, whatever you want. And um, we can also will allow you to pick the next uh, movie, but it's only for the first three uh, people, the first three people to send us in screenshots of their reviews. You can pick the two movies and um, Sam and I'll discuss it. So get on that. Um, the ratings, and the reviews really help us, helps more people find us. We can get more people on here as well. So um, yeah, just do that for us if you don't mind. Sam, anything else? No, that, no, that, that was that was it. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Tim, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. You know, you're welcome whenever you want. Um, you're more than welcome to come through here. Uh, uh, we have a good time. And guys, come back next week on B Plot Podcast. Peace. Bye.